Hello, I'm Grace Cho. And I'm Jerry Khan. Welcome to the Curious Podcast, where we feature outstanding women in technology and science in Asia. We unpack their journeys and also take a look at what lies ahead for their industry. We are into the second season of the Curious Podcast, and we have planned an awesome slate of guests. And our guest today is space champion Lynette Tan, CEO of Singapore Space and Technology Limited. She dares to dream of the stars and to see how advances in space technologies can benefit people, enterprises, and the planet. Lynette, welcome to the Curious Podcast. Tell us how your passion with space began and what led to the founding of the Singapore Space and Technology. Well, you know, I think it- Many children uh, and individuals are passionate about space. There are so many space stories and space movies. Um, you know, every kid would have at some point dreamed about going into space, being with the stars, traveling to the moon, traveling to another galaxy. So the interest is natural. Uh, but what, when I was young, my, my father was always telling me stories about inventions, and you know great things that scientists researchers do and the journey they have you know in maybe initially because you're doing something very frontier people don't believe you uh, but eventually they lead on to great inventions that change the way we live and change the way humans interact so my father was always telling me you know why not right so they they kept they they persevered so in my childhood there was a lot of why not? Oh, can I do this? Why not? Can, can I try this? Why not? Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, developed a lot of grit in me. And I don't look at why I sh- what can't I do, but like why can't I go on to do things that might seem challenging? And with that kind of attitude, um, you know, it was part of the, the founding team that started the Singapore Space and Technology. And we, we did it at a time where literally we had people telling us we were space nuts like oh are you crazy there's no space in singapore for space i we going to build a rocket but kind of attitude you know uh from a young age why not right to question to challenge operating conditions to push boundaries i think that really helped to get me started into the space sector and started in a small country with you know acute lack of space uh pun intended and to, to do this kind of thing in Singapore, uh, even though resource is scarce, I think every one of us here in Singapore deserves a shot to reach for the stars. And what does SSTL do? Well, we advance and uh, harness space technologies. Uh, we are a very strong enabler in the Asian ecosystem. We help to get the technology providers so they could be companies such as Maxa, Ariane Space, uh, Airbus, and all the way to, you know, startups from Singapore, right? Zero Aero System, Alenia, New Space. We help them to advance and accelerate the t- deployment of the technology. And we showcase to the community and to the markets how they benefit individuals like you and me, how they could benefit enterprises and businesses, and how they could benefit the planet uh, you know, the, the earth that we live on. I love your, your refrain about why not. It's so exciting. Two why not people were Jeff Bezos and um, Richard Branson. They blasted into space a few weeks ago and made space a trending topic. 
How do people see the sector compared to, say, a decade ago? Yeah, there are very important critical sectors uh, globally and in Singapore. Uh, it's just very awesome that I'm in one that has super high cool factor. Also, in the space of space, it gives an advantage point in doing many different things, such as in you know Earth observations, such as in providing ubiquitous communication, such as in providing navigation capabilities uh, that will drive you know potentially autonomous vehicle developments. Uh, so th there is a lot of um, you know opportunities here uh, from space beyond the excitement in that it there's a very tangible output. Uh, in fact, many you know space agency studies you know calculate the economic spin-off benefit, right? Uh, you know, for every one dollar people put into space uh, re research, you know, seven dollars gets paid back into the society into the economy. Yeah. So the I like the halo effect. I think the halo effect is what captures people's attention, right? So you were talking about the technologies that Singapore would benefit. Can you elaborate on on what some of these uh, technologies are and how Singapore will be able to uh, use them? There are the rockets, the satellites, and the payload. So the rockets bring the satellite from Earth into space. And then in, within that satellite is a payload. So the payload is that instrument that performs the function. Uh, some of these payloads take photographs for us, uh, for us to help in mapping, you know, urban planning. Some of these payload provides communication for us to receive data. Some of these payload uh, provides navigation. They tell us where we are and how to go from point A uh, to point B. Uh, so with satellite developments in the past, they use really big satellites. Uh, they cost a quarter billion US dollar uh, to build and, and some even going, you know, quite expensive and it weighs anything from one ton to four ton. So these are regular satellites. Hmm. Now in the past 20 years, there has been a miniaturization of the satellites. They start to use uh, electronic components that are off the shelf and that are used in other markets to go and put them into the satellites that are meant to go into space. Meaning, instead of a very specialized equipment or components to build a very expensive satellite, now we can use uh, more commercially available parts to build a satellite. And these satellites are also becoming smaller. So these days, there are, there's a strong proliferation of small satellites. Small satellites are satellites below 1,000 kilograms. And in universities, such as the, in Singapore, they build nanosatellites. So nanosatellites are you know less than one square meter big uh one unit is 10 cm by 10 cm by 10 cm right like there has been tremendous developments globally uh in the last 20 years and singapore within uh asia and especially southeast asia have developed very sophisticated nano satellites uh for example two years ago i think in 2019 uh we launched a quantum payload you know onto on a nano satellite a very small satellite into space uh and i think there's a second phase of project coming up uh we're looking at you know internet of things uh there are startups in singapore who do that such as new space we are looking at new propulsion technologies for the miniature satellites like what Alenia does and in Singapore we have a 
a spin-offs from NTU that provides a radiation hardening, you know, in case of a solar flare or single latch up activities. Uh, because now you're using commercially available parts, you know, there are critical components you still need to protect in order to make sure your satellite in space is safe. Uh, so there, there are these developments in Singapore. Uh, there were research developments in the universities. They've been spun out and they're now they are startups based out of Singapore taking on the global space tech market. And how are these companies doing? Um, will we see um, these companies becoming unicorns? and become, you know, planting a flag uh, for Singapore in the world. It's very exciting. But here, when we try to do a proof of concept, we literally had to blast it off in a rocket, send it into space, try and get secure communications. Um, it's very technically difficult, but I think that's why, you know, when they're going for the tough, uh, they enjoy these kind of intellectual uh, challenges to, to keep them pushing the innovation frontier. Right. So I don't want to jinx it, but I'm optimistic about good things that will come. You're listening to The Curious Podcast Asia featuring top women in STEM. Tune in every Monday to a new episode featuring outstanding women in technology and science. Subscribe to The Curious Podcast on Apple, Spotify or Google. So obviously there's a lot of things that are happening in Singapore um, and that's one of the reasons why you have a major global convention on space that you hold in Singapore. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, you know, it's, it's amazing. Uh, back 15 years ago, when we started the Trade Association, one of the things we did was really to change the mindset and mindshare for space innovation and to encourage Singaporeans to be able to touch and feel what space technology mean, rather than think it's some you know, Star Wars or Star Trek movies that's out of Singapore for them. And we started the Global Space and Technology Convention to bring the movers, you know, the doers, the visionaries into our, you know, island here on Singapore to share about the latest technology and trends. Um, in the last few years, we have so many, you know, Singaporean speakers now sharing their work, sharing their research, sharing their technology, sharing their company plans uh, at this GSTC. So it's really amazing. SSTL has a lot of great programs. You've got accelerators, you've got challenges, hackathons, you connect startups. It seems very disparate. What is the end result you're aiming for? But ultimately, uh, it's, it's uh, maybe more uh, diverse. I would say it's more diverse. Uh, and because it is a holistic engagement to provide a continuous pathway for the sector. For example, uh, you know, when we talk about ecosystem development, uh, there are the jobs, the career opportunities, the research funding, you know, the application, the market we have to consider. But driving that besides the technology is really the talent. And that's where there's education, training uh, programs to upskill uh, Singaporeans and then also to put them at an international stage uh, to compete with uh, talents globally, mm. uh, which is why we have the International Space uh, Challenge for you know, young people at like 13 years old all the way to uh, 25 years old. Uh, and then of course, tr training and then the accelerator program for startups with that kind of technologies uh, to access funding, to access market, and to access opportunities that could you know, increase their valuation and opportunities for tech deployment. Uh, and then, you know, because the, the space industry does have a relatively uh, long gestation period, 
uh, we have to provide training and outreach and excitement at a very young age. Uh, so one of our latest program through our spin-off uh, space faculty uh, is the kindergarten program that we recently did with the Methodist uh, preschool. It was a, you know, such a wonderful program. Um, the young five-year-old kids were, you know, at home because of COVID. And then we had an astronaut beam in to talk to them about living in space, living in isolation, living in a remote uh, environment. And of course, giving them a very important message that when they grow up and they become space scientists or scientists or engineers, that they have to look after the planet and protect uh, you know, the, the planet that we live on. If we could uh, move to the question of uh, getting more women into space, um, or into the space industry and space technology, really. What kind of advice can you give women if they want to enter this industry? Uh, you know, to be honest, uh, uh, it, it's you know, I'm I'm a moderate introvert. So doing podcasts like this, you know, me, the media interviews, uh, it's uh, it's uh, it's actually it gives me more stress than <laughs> than going into a meeting, right? And then you know, doing my job. Um, uh, but someone came up to me, a, a lady, a female, uh, you know, advocate for STEM came to me and said, you, you know, if you're given the opportunity, um, you do have a responsibility to step up. Uh, so I think that was my very first big step to come out, you know, go into the spotlight, um, you know, take media interviews, do, you know, meaningful podcasts like this, uh, because it is important to visually see that there are female leaders that there are females who will support you in your journey uh, to go into somewhere uh, that is perceived to be very challenging and difficult. Uh, when we ran this International Space Challenge last year, we had a record high of uh, female participants, but they're still the mi minority, but it was a record high. And I, I did make a very special effort to zoom in, uh, you know, have digital conference, digital conference with video conference with the, the female teams and the female participants. So the, the girls reached out to me and some of the girls reached out to me and they want to do a you know digital internship with us uh, come December. So we're really excited. So how many are you taking on? Well, uh, we're taking on at least uh, four to five. And then I think if, if it does go digital, maybe we could take on more, which is really interesting because in the past, uh, for as long as I can remember, we've had like less than 10% female interns in SSTL. So I think for now, we're really shifting it um, and getting more than 50% or more than 60-70% female interns this year. So very exciting. What will the girls be doing? Well, we, we will get them to do certain outreach uh, programming, uh, you know, planning out certain training curriculum for young professionals and young adults. Uh, I think what would really be important is also get them to get provide insights with uh, their peers on what might motivate people to go into STEM or to go into space. So when it comes to preparing to go into university and if you want to enter space, or I want to become an astronaut, what are the subjects I should be studying? Well, you know, the space uh, industry is also a commercial industry in, in that there, is a, there are business opportunities uh, in it. So you do need business people, you do need marketing, you need communications, you need PR, you need lawyers, uh, you, need, you do need, uh, you need, you need accountants, you need CFOs. You, so you don't just need the technologists, right? You do need a whole business infrastructure support, uh, people who will protect your patents, people who understand uh, what is intellectual property and you know, file them appropriately for you. So you know, they are not all rocket scientists. In fact, in the space industry, I think the 2020 uh, 
report was that uh, it was valued at USD 360 to 370 billion dollars, of which only 4% is in rocket launches. So 4% of the industry is in the you know, rocket industry. Uh, a good chunk of them is in the commercial services, you know, in providing uh, communication information uh, to businesses that could be monetized. So, you know, we don't always have to think about the space industry as rockets, as astronauts. They are actually regular human beings, you know, who right. do business. We come to the last segment where we have like a fire question, snap questions, I call them. Jerry, you want to start that off? I will do that. Fire off. <laughs> yes, no pun intended there too. Yeah. First question, do you want to go into space? So I, when I was a kid, I wanted to be an astronaut. Then I realized I'm claustrophobic and launching into space means squeezing myself into a very small space on the rocket and then that dream died. But I do want to send my kids to space because you can see them, but you can't hear them. Will we become a multi-planetary species? Oh. Well, it depends on the definition of a multi-planetary species, right? If it means being able to explore, uh, you know, and live for a short period of time, uh, I think that is possible. Okay, this one's more entertainment based. What's your favorite movie or series about space? I used to like the Jetson family. Oh. I made a lot of different. <laughs> a lot more than Flintstones. I, 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 I didn't understand this running in a car with your legs. <laughs> right? But I, I really uh, was fascinated as a kid with the Jetson family. So where do you think space tourism for consumers will take off? The definition of uh, you know, consumers, right? I think for the, the market of people, um, you know, it, it's going to take uh, a while simply because um, anything that transports mankind and humankind, uh, which is a precious payload, you know, precious life form, uh, goes into a lot of, you know, other challenges like regulatory insurance, you know, something happens, who's responsible? It, it is a human life. Uh, so that part is as complicated as the technology uh, to resolve. In that case, uh, it will take uh, very long before it becomes mass market that a regular person can, you know, be a space tourist. I have a last question. Um, are there plans for training a Singapore astronaut? Well, yeah, we, you know, in, in, in our education program with, with the space faculty, we don't do the full astronaut training program uh, in order to land them into an astronaut mission, uh, but we do astronaut simulation training uh, programs, right? So we put them in extreme environment, snow city, uh, we give them certain tasks, you know, like maybe uh, zero buoyancy experiments. Uh, so we, we have this kind of uh, training. An amazingly energetic, passionate um, introduction to space. Thank you. And I hope our audience enjoyed it as much as, as we did. And that was Lynette Tan, CEO of Singapore Space and Technology, space champion, strategist of space entrepreneurship. Lovely talking to you and over to you, Grace. Yeah, it leaves me to thank you for joining us today at the Curious Podcast, Lynette, um, and helping us promote, you know, uh, women in tech and science. So the Curious Podcast explores what makes scientists and technologists tick secrets of their success 
and hope that it inspires more women to get to into STEM. So be come and listen to the Curious Podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Do join us next week. Curious.